Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to the weekly Thursday morning edition of the Household Express, a program dedicated to all your homemaking needs. I am Sister Amara, joined by my co-host, Chef Sakya Takari, and we're delighted to be in your company up to 11 a.m. this morning. Assalamu alaikum, Sakya. How are you keeping? Wa alaikum assalam. Alhamdulillah, Apa, how are you? Alhamdulillah, I'm well and you. Lovely weather out there. Beautiful indeed. After... Uh uh, gloomy uh, weekend full of rain. Full of rain. But Alhamdulillah, whatever the weather, we make sugar for that. It all comes from Allah. Well, dear listeners, here's what you can look forward to in today's program. Uh, you can actually commence an interview with Umi Aisha. And the topic is the art of cooking. And thereafter, Chef Zakia chat to us more about cast iron cookware and we're going to tell you about what exactly is cast iron cookware the benefits of it how to care for it and uh, you know if you can use it in a gas or an oven and what meals you can actually prepare uh, in the cast iron cookware as well and then somebody also wanted us to talk about the tawa so later on in the program we're going to talk about the roti tawa as well and the question we're asking you today is what is the most unusual savory you've ever made or tasted and uh, dear sister there are so many uh, TikTok videos going on food, meals and savouries have you tried any any of them? You know what was the outcome we'd love to hear from you 072-786-1548 and recipe you can look forward to from our guest Umi Aisha is a steak pie filling recipe and that's courtesy of Umi Aisha. Well today we're talking our esteemed guest today is here to share some tips and tricks on how to deal with the art of cooking as well as how we can bank on our dhikr during the time of uh, the time of Ramadan as well. As out of Ramadan, we plan on taking her time and getting to know the lady behind the Instagram page, Cooking Made Simple. And let's welcome Umi Aisha to the airways of Radio Islam. Assalamu alaikum, Umi Aisha. How are you? Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa Sister Amara, shukran for having me on your program this morning. I'm well, Alhamdulillah. How are you doing? Alhamdulillah, shukar, going so far, so good, Alhamdulillah. Yes, Umi Aisha, Jazakallah for taking time out and joining us. Now, what makes you so passionate about cooking and why did you choose to share your recipes and tips on social media? Alhamdulillah, I, I am born into a family of iron cooks from my grandmother to my mom, my sister and my aunt. And we also had um, male cooks in our family as well. And uh, I've been intrigued from a young age watching the family members cook, especially even the males cooking, your grandmother's cooking. And I was intrigued by the art of cooking. And I noticed uh, cooking brought about happiness, love, and some bonding with family and friends who enjoyed making different uh, meals together. So I decided to start sharing uh, recipes on social media when I started teaching my daughter at about 11, 12 years old how to cook. Mm-hmm. And I decided, let me share this with the uh, people out there as well. Okay. Now, Umi Aisha, you know, you've mentioned that you started, you, you, you actually learned and seen how your great-grandmothers, your grandmother, your mother cooked. Now, how has time, you know, changed from their cooking uh, their cooking um, ways to now? You know, what, what difference have you seen in that? I noticed uh, growing up, uh, I remember um, my mom telling me um, that they used to make rotis and they used to cook their food very early in the morning Mm -hmm. uh, because uh, they had a set uh, 
program for their day. And I've noticed uh, cooking from those years to now has changed drastically, yes. whereby uh, recipes have improved. The art of making your savouries, for example, is different new recipes out there. There's different roti ideas. And you have a vast range of uh, recipes from South African to authentic Indian to your Greek uh, cooking. There's a whole lot. And alhamdulillah, I love to try new recipes. And I've been doing that from what I used to cook from a young girl to growing up and now cooking in my family home. My cooking has changed. It has improved. I've tried new recipes and I carry on trying new recipes. And I must add to it that, you know, their cooking style was so different, their cooking methods were so different to our cooking style different. If we look at the different appliances they had then, you know, they never had so much of appliances like we have now. I think our technology on cooking also is quite very much advanced compared to the years back then. I think they only cooked on electric stove or maybe even coal stove or only gas stove, you know. If we look at now, we've got induction stove. Our cookware, our uh, technology on cookware, is completely more advanced than the way back then. But if you have to ask me the cooking methods, I still prefer the old-fashioned cooking method. You know, nowadays, like, there's so much of more spices going to your food. There's so much of more sauces going to your food that in those days you had your normal, just tomato sauce, mustard sauce, and spices were ground freshly as well. Yes, the methods have changed, uh, uh, you know, from back in the day to now. We've spoiled actually for choices. We've got so many different air fryers, so many mm. different microwaves. Uh, we've got uh, different appliances in our kitchen. And, you know, growing up and seeing our our, our parents, our mom, our grandparents, great-grandmothers uh, using uh, the old methods, we're able to do it in this day and age due to load shedding. So, alhamdulillah, our great-grandmothers and our mm. grandmothers have taught us a skill that we are using today. So, if we cannot put that, uh, we don't have electricity with the load shedding, we're able to go back to old-fashioned methods, alhamdulillah. Yes, yes, I totally agree with you. We were just talking earlier on, uh, before the program, uh, chefs, again, I was just talking about, you know, how you're going to keep your savouries warm this winter. I mean, this Ramadan with the load shedding, we're all going through our challenges. We said, inshallah, Allah will find a way, you know. Allah will make it easy for us, inshallah. I mean, and now, mm. you know, also, Umi Aisha, as we head into the month of Ramadan, we're basically three weeks away, inshallah. I mean, a lot of ladies want to know how can they manage that day and still make ibada. What are some of your tips and tricks to balance your day during Ramadan and your cooking? I'd say there are, you know, we must remember there are great rewards that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has uh, uh, rewarded us women folk at home when we take care of our husbands, our home and our children. So if we start our day with, a, with the intention, with our niyyah, that we are doing it for the pleasure of Allah, we will reap the rewards, inshallah. And uh, when we're doing our household chores, and uh, when we're doing our um, cooking, if we um, uh, listen to Islamic uh, uh, lectures, if we, we listen to the Quran, we make zikr while we're cooking, we get great uh, rewards. We earn ajar from Allah on a daily basis. And uh, we, we should plan actually a schedule. This month, we should plan ourselves for the month ahead, which is Ramadan. And uh, we, should, uh, wait, we should actually wait for Ramadan. What we can do is we can um, start putting... Put uh, add ibadah in your uh, schedule for the day. We do cooking, we do um, household chores, etc. Add ibadah, and when Ramadan comes, we got that three four hours set aside just for ibadah. Your zikr, your Quran, your salah, 
and Allah will give us that reward. We also, women folk, we're all at home. We also need to gain some Allah's treasures. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I think, you know, during the month of Ramadan, your whole month, your whole routine changes. It changes, so make more time, try and do your cooking finish early, and make more time for Ipadat as well. So everything with a balance, inshallah, amin. Please, now, please. Umi Aisha, on your page, we've seen that you have shared some really amazing tips. What tips can you share when it comes to Ramadan, as one cannot taste as they go along? I think that's also our challenge, yes. Yes, very true. You know, I've noticed over the years when some of our sauces, some of our spices have salt in it. So if we be, if we use sauces and spices, less is more. So we can always take, we can always add more salt to our meals and or more spices to our meals later on than taking it out. And and I prefer to use tried and tested recipes in Ramadan so as not to eat too spicy foods or too salty foods. However, make sure you read your ingredients on your spices and your sauces that you use so you, you judge yourself. Can I can add a chili or two. I can add a bit of more masala. I can add more of the sauce. This way we avoid um, the, the extra spiciness in our food. And the food will taste, alhamdulillah, very tasty. Alhamdulillah, yes, certainly. Now, Umi Aisha, for our new cooks, what are some of the ways they could save their salty foods? I, I'd say pay attention firstly to the ingredients we're using. Some of uh, some of our ingredients, for example, if, we, if we're buying ready marinated products from your your, your local butcher, sometimes the, the the spices they're using have salt. So just add salt later on. And uh, if you if you added extra salt in your dish, for example, if you've made maybe a steamed veggie, make a make a white sauce. Or if it's a if it's a chicken, make a tomato-based sauce mm-hmm. without adding salt to it, and you can actually add it over the chicken, over that, um, over your vegetables, and it can actually take away the saltiness of the veggie or the chicken or the meat. And if you're using uh, a sauce and uh, you you think that you added extra salt, you can just add milk or heavy cream to your sauce when you when you're making it, so that you can dilute that um, saltiness. And uh, when we're using our ingredients, like certain cheeses have salt in it. So we should be wary of that as well. And if you're cooking soups and stews, mm-hmm. one way to take away some salt would be um, to add more liquid. But we've got to be careful because adding more water to your to your so- soups and stews will make it too watery. So what you can do is use a, uh, a, so- a saltless stock cube, add some water to it and add it into the pot. And it, will, it can absorb the, the saltiness. In certain dishes, you can add yogurt. Mm-hmm. You can add potatoes. In certain meals, uh, it, it can, uh, it can uh, it take away the saltiness. Sometimes you can add lemon juice or the vinegar in pasta. It, you can balance with uh, some, uh, but a dash of salt, uh, sugar, a dash of uh, um, honey to take away the saltiness as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think fresh cream in soups also um, would add, would actually take out the saltiness from the soup if it's too salty or too strong as well. Mm-hmm. Cheese, 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 okay. very true. Okay. Now, Umi Aisha, iftar this year, many people will be looking at using the air fryer. Can you let us know how to bake pies in the air fryer and on what setting? Okay, for, for your air fryer pies, I... Uh, I normally I've had I have done it in Ramadan already. 
I brushed, uh, uh, brushed my um, pies with egg wash and I preheated my air fryer on 160 degrees mm-hmm. and I put in my uh, pies. Do not overcrowd your, um, your basket. You can line your basket. Do not overcrowd it. Place the, depending on your size of the air fryer, sometimes four or six at a time. And uh, you, you bake it in your air fryer for about 12 minutes or so. Check it in between so it doesn't get too brown, you know. I've done samosas as well in my air fryer. I've done chicken. I've made um, crumb chicken in my air fryer. I've made fish in my air fryer. Mm. So experiment uh, with your air fryer. You know, it's nothing, uh, you know, if it flops, it flops. But you know what? If you put your temperature setting right, um, you'll come right with making your, you can even make, I've made some uh, samosas. All you do is brush oil. Mm-hmm. Put the oil side down, brush oil on the other side. It may not give you that that taste of fried samosa that's in oil, mm-hmm. but this is a healthy option. Absolutely. I've done it, I've done mm-hmm. it in the air fryer. Even chicken soups, you can make bacteria in the air fryer as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, very true. You just have to just put some oil uh, over the stuffs. You can just uh, um, add some oil in your bacteria and you put it in there. Also, what I do normally is I just spray a bit of spray and cook in my uh, air fryer basket. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, I, and I just brush my um, bacteria or my uh, chicken strips or my samosas with a bit of oil, oil side down. Paste uh, it with oil again and air fry. It's actually a healthier option with us and health conditions, sometimes your cholesterol, or you don't want too um, oily mm-hmm. foods. Mm-hmm. Well, me, as you're talking about pies, okay, you're going to share with us a lovely steak pie filling recipe. So please go ahead and share with us that uh, lovely steak pie recipe. Okay, inshallah. Okay, this is my steak pie that's tried and tested. It's available also on the page. Steak pie filling. Your ingredient is half a kilogram of your steak. You can cut into cubes and you rinse it. Boil about one and a half tablespoons sago in water on the stove for a few minutes. Remove from the stove, drain, and add the steak when cool. So when cool. One small onion, finely chopped, two tablespoons of canola oil, very cut pie dough. Your spices you'll need is one and a half teaspoons of ginger and garlic with red chili. One teaspoon extra special chili powder, two tablespoons steak and chopped spice, half a tablespoon barbecue spice, half a teaspoon ground red chili, or your taste preference, half a teaspoon crushed red chili, two tablespoons of barbecue sauce, half a teaspoon fine salt or to taste, half a teaspoon black pepper, and then in a bowl, you add the steak and you add all the above spices and ingredients to it. You mix together the steak and the spices well and you cover it and set aside. You need chopped dania to add to the steak filling when it's cool. Okay. Your method to cook in a medium-sized pot or frying pan, add your oil your, and your onions. Braise on medium heat for a few minutes on low heat. When onions start to change color, add the marinated steak cubes and cook for about half an hour or until the steak is soft and cooked through. You add about a quarter or half a cup of water during cooking Stirring occasionally during cooking. You add your, your, your sago when your mixture is uh, cooked. Mix. Add chopped onions to your steaks when cold and ready to fill. Fill your pies, brush with eggs, sprinkle sesame seeds. Now freeze are suitable. Or you can bake them in a preheated oven on 220 degrees for 20 minutes or until the pies are baked golden brown. Serve with a savory sauce of choice.
So how do you season a cast iron pot is you basically, um, you wash it down in um, normal warm soapy water and then you give it a good rinse and then you give it a dry, right? And then because it's a stone in a metal, um, it rusts. So that's why it's important to oil your cast iron cookware. So all you do is you take vegetable oil or any uh, oil that you prefer, mostly a vegetable oil, and you will coat the inside and the outside of the pot nicely, not um, like you're oiling it like it mm. needs to be oily and greasy. You're just giving it a nice smooth light coating to help it not rust because once it rusts, it degenerates and it becomes... Um, it becomes more difficult to then look after in the duration of the the, the pot's uh, lifespan becomes less. Because remember, cast iron is a natural stone, so it has a lifetime, um, a lifespan mm. of outgrowing us even. Okay. I mean, your mother can have it and pass it down to you after yes. using it a whole lifetime, and you can use it a whole lifetime and pass it on to your daughter uh, if it is looked after in the correct manner. And cast iron cookware is very expensive. So if you invest in it, it's a great investment uh, for generations to come. Okay. Now take us to the benefits of using a cast iron cookware. So the benefits of using a cast iron cookware are that it's high, um, it's high durable so that it helps um, even, uh, even distribution of cooking. It shortens the time of your cooking as well and it makes you more aware of your different temperatures of cooking. Mm, mm. Um, cast iron cookware also, um, the benefits are that because it's uh, from natural mineral, of iron and it contains iron it also releases a little bit of that iron into your food which helps um, add iron and minerals into your bloodstream in your body which I think is a very good option um, so basically those are a few of the points you know okay and uh, now um, can you use the cast iron cookware in an oven Yes, so the nice thing about cast iron, it's like granite because it's natural and it's stone. It can be used on gas, fire, uh, normal stoves. Okay, it's not, it doesn't work on an induction stove. It works on your normal old plate stoves, your gas stoves, your fires, as well as in the oven. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and you know what type of meals can you basically prepare uh, in a cast iron pot? I, mean, I would say that um, it, it, it's nice to prepare like a one pot meal, like a mutton curry, like a stew, a biryani, a rice, what about rice, a rice meal, a, a kani or a, a biryani type of thing? So basically a cast iron pot in a in old-fashioned times, uh, a poiki pot, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, yes, you can cook anything in there, basically, but there are certain um, foods that you wouldn't cook in it, which does have a certain reaction, something that's very high in acids, like tomatoes, uh, delicate stuff like fish, certain... Um, I, mean, so, uh, I mean, fish is a very delicate product, so you can't cook it, mm-hmm. but all your meats, your poultry, you can cook your game. Remember, your tough meat is very nice to cook in a cast iron because it needs to cook over long periods of time. So even if you take it off from your fire and you take it off from your stove, it still holds the heat re- heat retention. And from there, your, your, your meat will carry on continuing to cook. Uh, stuff like eggs can't be fried in a cast iron because it's obviously uh, going to stick and then break. But obviously, if you're making maybe scrambled eggs, you can cook it in a cast iron. So basically, you can cook 
anything in a cast iron, be it your biryani, be it your acne, be it your stew, be it your mutton curry, your kalyas, your dry foods, your wet foods, saucy foods. Cast iron is just another type of a pot, but made from natural stone. Mm-hmm. I think your mutton cut curry would be cooking very, very nice in there. Your stew, your breedies. It does. Your steak. It does, because it gives you a very Chicken. nice, different taste. It's like cooking in a, a dead pot. It's yes, never the same as cooking in your normal pot. Mm-hmm. In the same way, cooking in a cast iron pot gives it a different taste. Also, the different taste, like cooking on a normal plate stove to a gas stove to a fire, gives the whole meal a different taste. In the same way, cooking in a cast iron pot uh, gives you a different taste. Okay, when you, I know you get a cast iron, like a, a frying pan, yes. and you can actually make rotis on there. Yes, uh, cooking on a cast iron frying pan, uh, your rotis will come out very nice because it's high heat retention, and you want a high heat for your roti. Cooking it on a low heat obviously makes your roti more hard because it's spending longer time in the oven. You can also use the the griddle, um, the griddle skillet of the cast iron to make a nice tandoori bread to give it that tandoori effect of the bubbles and stuff you know Uh, and give it more of the tandoori effect is it the tandoori bread that you get from our indian uh, type of uh, takeaways yes but obviously more of the homemade way the homemade one so in so you'll make your dough your yeast dough or your rising dough and then you'll roll it out and then you you brush it with your oil and then your sesame seeds if you like in your fresh garlic etc and then you put it onto the the hot griddle um, skillet and obviously it now gives you that uh, tandoori effect, effect because of the griddles yes. on the skillet mm-hmm. whereas if you're using a flat pan then you get the roti effect mm-hmm. and I think some of the ladies who be baking the samosa put on the power uh, um, not the power I mean the cast iron uh, pans as well flat pans as well like a griddle um, so I don't know about roti, the the roti per. If anyone has sorry, not the roti per, the samosa per. Sorry, your samosa per on the on a on a cast iron uh, cook. We appreciate your experience you, you know, with us, and if you have. 786-1548, you know, do you make your samosa per on the cast iron uh, skillet or frying pan or do you make your rotis on the uh, cast iron pan? You can watch us pass on 072-786-1548. We'd really love to hear your feedback on that as well. And then uh, frying your steak as well. If you marinated your fillet steak as well, it would be nice to fry it in a, in a skillet. Uh, so your fillet steak, your chicken, also pineapple, grillin pineapple, grillin tomato, grillin uh, grillin your uh, peaches to go with your ice cream on the side of your dessert on a griddle skillet, cast iron pan is so nice because it gives you that restaurant lines and that restaurant effect. What about your, your your toasted sandwiches, your yes. caramelized onions? Very nice indeed. Mm-hmm. Okay, and um, well, we'd love to hear from the listeners as well, so please share with us. What is the most unusual savory you've ever made? Do you make your rotis, your samosa per on the cast iron f- skillet or frying pan? 072-786-1548. Okay, let's go on to the WhatsApp uh, messages. This one says, enjoying the program is always. Jazakallah sister. Just wanted to know how to cut up long threads of the bought fried iron. 
sorry, let's go through that again. Uh, I'm getting a bit mixed up with the onion and the, the iron. Okay, let's repeat that uh, question again. Just wanted to know how to cut up long threads of the board fried onion. It's difficult. I tried in the match mix, but to no avail. To cut by hand or stuff as well. Any suggestions, please? Um, using a mandolin, a mandolin uh, slicer is really nice and easy because all you do is you take your onion and you slice it in half and then you stick it onto the mandolin slicer um, handle which is as a safety guard and then you just using a up and down motion you slice it and it slices very thinly and very nice and then ob obviously you can drain out your water and stuff to, uh, to fry it. Okay, all right. Um, okay, she's talking about the bought fried onion. You know when they come, if you're buying the fried onions ready-made, mm -hmm. all right, maybe they come into long threads. How would she uh, cut it? So it's the size of the onion and you're using a mandolin slicer would be the easiest because by cutting by hand, like the listener said, is tedious. Mm -hmm. So obviously use the much larger size onions because the larger the onion, the longer the, the strip. Uh, same like with potato chips, the smaller the potato, the smaller your fry, the larger your potato, the larger your fry with your fried onions. So obviously they probably using um, much larger onions because by using larger onions it obviously goes faster for them to uh, produce fried onions as it's been sold to stores for your purchase. Alright, okay. Um, then a listener says, Salam, do you think the old people's ways of cooking was healthier now we get getting more sick at a younger age? Well, I think the old people's um, method of cooking was different, you know, a healthier way. Now we're eating all the other spices and sauces and things like that. So it begins, like, you know, it's a difficult one to say. It depends, you know, on, on each person, on each individual person, you know. It depends how you cook, your cooking methods, how healthy you eat as well. More than your cooking methods and how healthy you eat. So if you follow, um, you know, a generation before us, they they never ate grills and they never ate steamed food. They ate their proper dals and rotis and the uh, curry kichri and the biryanis and the turkaris and rice, etc. But the difference was the produce was healthier. There was less. Um, there was less. Uh, chemicals used yeah. on it. The meats were healthier because your animals weren't injected. Their food was not full of toxins. Then also, remember, the generation before us um, made everything from... Uh, from fresh, homegrown, or even from the store-bought, but it was healthier options. They'd take their proper butter and make their ghee. They'd buy their fresh vegetables and make their stir-fry. Yes. They never really used um, vegetable oils, etc. They used their pure ghees, their pure butters. Um, also, like Abamara says, the, they, they made pure ginger-garlic masala, pure piri-piri masala. We today buy everything ready-made for the convenience because our lives are so hectic. And everything has so much preservatives. So if you look at your produce, it has preservatives. If you look at your uh, meat and poultry, it has preservatives. If you look at your 
cooking um, your cooking con- uh, condiments being your oils and spices etc everything has so much preservatives that's why we are consuming more toxins than uh, natural goodness but unfortunately in today's times it's very difficult to find those healthy produce and uh, your fresh uh, fresh ingredients unless you're growing it in your own garden you have um, if you have a nice yard you can get a, a baby lamb and grow it up and have chickens and have chickens laying mm. eggs but obviously that does not go with the time that we love in. Definitely not okay. And uh, the listener says that, um, all right, she says, fried onion I freeze and crush while frozen. No need to cut it all. Also pulse frozen onion in major mix. She said must be frozen, not defrosted. Uh, tip store fried onion in freezer, not fridge, yes. That's what I normally do. My fried onion, store it up in the not yes because keeping your, uh, your your sliced up onion or your um, diced up onions in the fridge and for a long period of time you'll notice your food has a darker color because of the antioxidants that's released when when it's mixed with oxygen absolutely this one says salams always enjoy your show please share Swiss roll recipe how do you make it in three colors you're asking me for a Swiss roll recipe offhand okay uh, so basically, uh, let's start off by how do you get it into your three colors. So I'll share a recipe which consists of three egg whites. And then you're going to have three teaspoons of baking powder. You're going to beat that up till uh, foamy and a peak. And then you're going to take your three egg yolks with one cup of granulated sugar. And you're going to cream that nicely. You're going to add in uh, half a cup of uh, boiling water with uh, half a cup of oil. And then you're going to add in one cup of flour. Mix that nicely. It's going to be a bit of a thick dough. Then you're going to fold in your egg white mixture. To that, you can add vanilla essence or any other f- uh, flavoring essence. You'll take your, your batter and you'll divide it into three equal bowls. Add in your color gels or your coloring uh, liquids. And then obviously you can put them in piping bags and pipe them into strips to have your three different color um, alternating uh, in, in your Swiss roll pan. Or you can, um, you can decide how you'd like to layer your batter for your, for your end effect. Mm-hmm. All right. Then the listener says, for, f- for the fried onions, try soaking in water for a while. Then put in processor, should break up into smaller bits. Okay, but I think our listener wanted them to have long strings. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. And, um, okay, let's go back to this one. This one says, please share with us what, uh, what roti pan is the best to use. Well, there's T-Fowl, there's a roti tower. You can use the, like the power pan. You can use the, uh, uh, what do you use to make the rotis? Uh, the care we were just talking about. I use a pancake pan. And it comes out nice. And and just go to your normal uh, wholesale spice wholesales. Those who sell all your different types of pots and Indian types of utensils, and then get a nice roti pan from there. And they say the roti tower, the older, the more you use it, the nicer the rotis come out. I so that is the older generations. But it's saying. true. It's true. I I noticed that. Look, I don't have an old of us. I can't, I can't say. I've got a new I one, disagree. which I just took out the other day. And the old one, well, I found a difference between the new and the old when I made rotis. Definitely the old one could show a better roti. But I'm using the new one for you to get old now. <laughs> okay, what was the difference on the roti, Abba? Um, I found that uh, the rotis weren't as soft as the older one. 
the roti wasn't as soft. But I'm using it now them. every day. So every whatever we're making, we're trying to use it up now, you know, to make it a bit more used up. Mm-hmm. And obviously the roti pen might be a heavy based one. Yes, so um, so I, I, I obviously not looking in your Indian stores. It's very hard to find a pen that you can... You can buy it online, um, take a lot. And yes, but mm-hmm. there's not a lot of options for roti pens if you're not going to your Indian grocer and stuff. So I uh, actually got myself a pancake pen from Macro for my pancakes and crepes. And then one day I just decided, okay, let me try to make roti on it. And alhamdulillah, it came out nice. So that is an option. Okay. Then you were talking about fresh greens and fresh vegetables. Sakia, I'm sure most of the listeners will agree with me, the sisters out there, the prices of green dania is soared. It's exorbitant. 25 rand a bunch. bunch. And then it doesn't even last so long. No, it doesn't. So Three I started, days. I bought it and I started freezing it up. Okay, and, and then when you use it, Appa, and it comes out of the freezer, how's the color? The color is slightly darker. Right. But it still worked for me. And I'm, really, I'm not going to complain about that. But I think it's a way of still getting my green denya. Especially now with your savouries, man. I'm having such a... With the load shedding and all that. And you spoke about the Swiss roll. There's no way we can even bake the four, four hours, eh? And I tell you, I know it's best. Unless you've got a generator that's big enough to can... You can use your ovens and things like that, you know. But I think I'd rather just uh, uh, leave the baking. But at least my freezer can stay on, you know. Mm-hmm. So... I would just say, at this stage in our lives with load shedding, hats off to all the bakers uh, that's baking from home and still gives us our birthday cakes and our biscuits and mini cakes on time. Hats off to you. And I don't know how you guys are doing it, but I know I'm very frustrated because if the lights are off, you have to think of all the household chores. It's running your washing machine, your tumble dryer, ironing, cooking, and baking in a span of two to three hours, hours yes. which they're giving you, which honestly doesn't give you enough time to bake. Definitely not. Your baking takes time. Um, you can't let it, uh, your, your cake dough or your biscuit dough, leave it, wait for it to come on. By the time it comes on, it's already late afternoon. Unless you you're baking, mixing by hand an hour before lights come back on, but also... With the current state, there's no even guarantee and that when the lights are coming on, yes. that mm-hmm. your lights are going to be on at a certain time. Unless you've got a guest oven and you're baking in a guest oven, and you used to, I know a lot of the sisters love to use a guest oven. So that's how they love for that, you know. It is you've got other alternatives. But you know, while we're talking without all that, we're talking about our guest oven, guest stove, uh, our savouries. Uh, we've got to do this. Look at the people of Syria and Turkey. You don't even know they, you don't even have a family. They don't even have parents, they don't have the children, they don't even have the mech, they don't even have a home, they don't even have a roof over their head, you know. But let's mm-hmm. grant them all Afia, Amin, Amin. So what little we have, we must make sugar for that as well. Okay, a listener says, I'd rather wash dishes by hand during load shedding, because waiting for dishwasher during load shedding takes forever. I agree with your sister. Absolutely agree with you. I think it'll be faster if you wash your dishes by hand. Then to wait for the dishwasher as well. Because it, it depends different cycles again. But I think what we need to just work around, firstly work around your salary and then your load shedding times now. You know, whatever challenges we're going to remember, uh, we're getting rewarded for that, you know. And uh, yes, talking about the the uh, the cast iron skillet as well, we spoke, how do you store it? How, 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 how would you store your um, cast iron uh, 
pots and pans. Okay, just before I answer this question, um, you know, the listener brought up uh, brought up the topic of a dishwasher. Please do not put your cast iron pots in mm-hmm. a dishwasher. It will rust it very quickly. You have to wash it by hand and dry it immediately. Don't let it dry on its own. But once you allow, once you wash it and you dry it, do give it some time to uh, so that the air can make sure it's dried nicely. And then once it's nicely dry, you oil it. And then, Appa, your question was? How do you store it? So how do you store it? It's um, obviously because they're very heavy, you're not going to be stacking them up. Um, it would obviously damage your drawer or your shelves. But once you've oiled it, you can just put like a newspaper down or you get, um, you know, you get these plastic uh, stick-ons that we can put on our shelves, etc. Mm-hmm. Put that down so the oil doesn't destroy your, your furniture. And then you just store it in a cupboard. Okay. Another tip on green tanya, I've seen that uh, if you buy your green tanya, you can put it into like a, a like a, a vase type of thing with water and it can actually stay fresh from there. You can actually use from there and put a plastic packet over and leave it in the fridge as well. But I think the better option, what I would say, is that... Um, when you're buying it, clean it, clean it out nicely, wash it, rinse it out, and put it into a salad spinner. And then you can actually chop it up and put it into the freeze freezer, label it, pack it up nicely, and then you can just use it from the freezer directly. I would rather go for that way. Or then plant your own green dania. So, can you planted green dania? Tell us about that. <laughs> so, I thought I'm smart. I didn't do any research on it, and I didn't know that you're supposed to crush your seeds before you plant so I just bought seeds and I literally bought a lot of seeds and I put it into a medium-sized pot of soil with potting soil and herb soil and I tossed it all nicely on top of the the top layer of sea and also had some seeds showing out and I watered it alhamdulillah and it grew so lovely until the weekend's rain came and for some reason the rain water turned my leaves a little brown but yes, it did grow lovely and very quickly, I must say, indeed. Because of all the rains and the soil must be nice and wet as well. Yes, but please do note when uh, buying um, dana seeds for planting, you have to ask them for the ones for planting because if you take the normal ones that we cook with, it won't necessarily sprout because it's been roasted, so it's dead. Mm-hmm. Yes, you got to ask them that, okay? Or you can get this ready-made seeds from your garden. The seedlings. The seedlings, yes, yes. I find the from seedlings very expensive if you look at it. So I actually bought from Laxmi 500 grams of dana seeds for tenrin. And I got this lovely big pot full of tanya that grew within a few days. Mm-hmm. I planted last year. It grew very nicely, you know. It grew very nice. And then I used to, but just, I just never got a chance to plant again. But there is still time to plant again, you know, before the winter really sets in. You know, there is still time to plant again. Even matibaji grows very quickly. And you can actually uh, freeze matibaji as well. You clean it up nicely, wash it, rinse it, put in a salad spinner, and it freezes very, very well. Indeed, but even with the winter coming along, you know, our kitchen windowsills, um, you can just make small little pots of herbs and keep those herbs, the ones that and you do cook with, mm-hmm. and use from there. 
Okay. Well, we've come to the end of a lovely, informative program. We really enjoyed today's program. Diverse of topics, yes. Uh, lovely interview with Umi Aisha as well. She said the lovely steak, filling, steak pie filling recipe. And I found her recipe very different because she put sago in it. Normally, you think you put uh, sago in a chicken filling, but yes, she put uh, sago in a steak pie filling. So definitely, I'm going to try this recipe out, inshallah. And uh, Jazakallah to our producer, Mumtaz, for getting all the lovely guests. Jazakallah to you, Zakia. And uh, please remember, Auntie Hava Sortinho to us. Auntie Hava, I suffered a stroke. She's in hospital with the grant Shifa. All the sick and in, all the Muslims all over the world. As a grant us all afia. I mean, well, and the Marhumin as well. We don't forget our beloved Marhumin. It's all in Jannah. And inshallah, we'll reunited with, with our loved ones in Jannah. We'll soon, inshallah. Well, inshallah, we'll touch our worlds. We will be back with you in next week's program with another lovely topic and another lovely guest from Zakia and myself, Amara. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.